What's up, GLP family? As promised, all this month we are releasing sessions from our Inspired Leaders Conference that we had in October. Man, it was a good conference. And today's episode, we are releasing Pastor Javier Ramos' session on the importance of vision. And goodness, this guy is one of the most electric, inspiring speakers that I know of. He is the lead pastor of Shiloh Church in Oakland, and he is a dear friend of Gateway. This was his first time speaking at the Inspired Leaders Conference, and I believe we're going to have him back. He was so good, so funny. I think if you listen closely, you could probably hear my um, overbearing laugh in the background, but uh, let's get to it. This is Javier Ramos. Amen. Thank you. It is an honor to be here. And um, just want to say, before I turned around to Kenny to ask who the most influential person was in his life, I made sure it was okay for my wife, with my wife, if I told Kenny Jesus was number one, and then, and then my wife number two, and she was okay with that. And, and I can honestly say that. Jesus turned my life upside down. My wife has been amazing in changing me, but I just want to say it's been the body of Christ in my life that has been really transformative. And I just want to say another part of that, it's been the generation with more experience. It's been older people who have spoken life into me, and it's, it's changed my perspective, it's changed my viewpoint. And I want to say that because it's important that you realize that your experience, your story has a purpose. And that story is not just for you and your generation, but for the next generation. And I just want to encourage you in that because that's influence. And even as we were honoring the team here, you know, we believe that body ministry is where it's at now. The new wine is in the cluster. And God is doing something amazing through each of you. Where I serve in my role now as senior pastor, it's, it's no more important than our parking lot ministry. It's no more important than our nursery ministry. Every person is making an impact on the lives of people. And people need to hear your story. People need to hear the story of, look what God has done in my life. And I just want to share that with you because I believe there's some stories here that are maybe being withheld and you need to share that story because you don't know how it will change people's, my, my, my perspective on God, my perspective on who I can be in Jesus, my perspective of what I can do for the Lord has been because of people who've said, God's got you. I mean, it was always, afraid. I used to walk around our Bible college at Shiloh when I first married Melinda and, and avoid Dr. Violet Kitely's class because the minute she would see me, you know, she's teaching Moses' tabernacle. She say, oh, dear, come in. You teach this segment. You can do it. I said, no, I can't. You're like the writer of this book, and you're asking me. But, but she understood. She saw me not what she saw at that moment of time, which was a young 20-year-old. How many of you remember being young 20-year-olds? How many of you remember all the mistakes you made as young 20-year-olds? But she saw the Holy Spirit at work in my life. And I believe to be people of influence, we need to have 
that perspective. Look what God is doing. Tell your neighbor, what's God doing in you? Ask them, what, God, what is God doing in you? And so for me, it's an honor to be here. And, and I just want to say, you know, Pastor David, Pastor Kathy, they asked me to do anything, I'll do it. Because they've been people of influence in my life. I've watched them. I've, I've seen their love. I've seen how they've operated as pastors. And I say, I want to be like that. Because he's way older than me. I'm like 20. <laughs> and he's 40. And so he's a good two decades. And, and I just look up to him. And I just want to say, it, it speaks volumes to me. You know, the moment we get unteachable, we're in trouble. The moment we are unteachable, and so I just want to honor you, Pastor David. I want to honor you, Pastor Kathy. We talk about you all the time. You know, I don't know if my wife has yet threatened. If you keep that up, I'm going to call Pastor David, but, but I'm sure she'll have to one of these days. But it's, it's just an honor to be here, and, and I just want to let you know I don't take this lightly. You know, when I speak, this is the part I love. I love speaking to leaders. I love speaking to influencers. I love speaking to people, to the potential that God has. Because for me, I, I, as I've gotten older, I've, I've noticed the most exciting part for me in my life is seeing all that God's doing in people's other lives and seeing and letting them know there's more. And it doesn't matter to me if you're in the room and you're 90. doesn't matter if you're in the room and you're 20. God has more for you. Tell your neighbor, God's not done with you yet. We are all works in progress. And I just want to read this definition of influence. Biblical def definition. Influence speaks to power whose operation is invisible. And it's only known by its effects. Or a power whose cause and operation are unseen. So it's the power which with celestial bodies are supposed to be exerted on terrestrial bodies. It's when God comes and changes us. And I love what was shared. It is an inside-out work. And I just want to encourage you, this is an inside-out work. And the way the world has been dealing with it and with the church, the church has been dealing with the world, especially these last two and a half, three years, has been wrong. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. We don't lower our standards to the world standards to try to win. We are fighting right, right, against powers and principalities. We are called to be the kingdom of God. We are called to be a city on a hill. We are called to be light. We are called to draw all men, all men unto Jesus. And that is our call. So we're not, we, we, I, where's our grappler? Where's the grappler? There's a, there, there was a, there, yeah, I like you. Because my wife told me, you know, I, before, you see, before Christ, you know, I, I like fighting. But now I'm going to say, hey, there's a pastor who actually still fights. Can I fight now? <laughs> but we're grappling, not, not against each other. This is a spiritual thing. And what God wants to do in our cities will only happen as we denote this type of influence. Not our will, not our opinions, not our own personal walk with the Lord. But as we bring people along and say, watch what God's going to do in you. Because each of our spiritual journeys are different. Each of our, different, our spiritual journeys are, are, are unique. And each of them are required 
to bring change into our cities and neighborhoods and communities. I believe God's going to do something. We're, we're, we're in the moment. I, I believe God's just putting, waiting on us to put a demand on him. You know, he's a good father. And when we're all in and we put a demand on him because we've done what he's told us to do, then, and, and we've come to the end of ourselves, we're relying on him. That's when breakthrough happens. That's when revival, and, and I believe more than ever, that's the call of our teams, of our, of our community, of, of the body of Christ. We need to be so united that together we've put a demand. Together we've prayed like I've prayed. And so, God, I know that if I push through this crowd and I touch the hem of your garment, healing is going to flow. The bleeding is going to stop. Transformation is going to change. It's going to happen. We need to live knowing, God, I've put that demand on you. Now it's on you. Imagine if we were all there. Because we know revival, breakthrough, only happens through prayer. Only happens through that with relationship with the Lord. So I want to invite you, get out your notes, because I have tons of information that I'm going to cover in 33 minutes and 20 seconds. 18 seconds. 15 seconds. <laughs> because I believe we cannot influence without vision. And not our own vision, but God's vision. See, and, and, and I think we talk about vision a lot, but what, what is the importance of vision? Number one, vision brings clarity. God wants us to see clearly. When he began his work in Genesis, what was the first thing he said? Let there be light. Because the enemy works in darkness. And God wants us to live and operate with the lights on. The father of lies, he wants to deceive. He wants to put people in darkness. But our God is not the author of confusion. He is the God of light. God wants to flip this light on so we can see what he's up to. Ask your neighbor, do you see what God is up to? Vision also brings passion. We all know Habakkuk 2.2 says for us to write the vision and make it plain so that whoever runs by it can run with it. If it we, we cannot be excited about what God has called us to do, about influencing others without vision. God gives the passions. I want you to hear this. God gives the passions. God gives the dreams. And so that should be exciting for you because that means it's on him to fulfill them. Our job is to simply write it and make it plain. And when we know what God is doing and we understand our purpose and we're in our lane, that's when it gets exciting. That's when we begin to see God. There's nothing worse than trying to live somebody else's life. I just want to say there's nothing worse than trying to be somebody else. And I'm just going to say it here. That's why I don't like social media. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, I can't keep them all straight. Because it's a, it's a culture of comparison. And my Bible says those who compare themselves amongst themselves are not wise. Tell your neighbor, you be you, boo. You be you. Be you. And why do we have our kids... Our kids, 12 years old, they go to Christian school. My daughter's 16, a middle schooler, Christian school last year committed suicide. 
Why do you think that is? Comparison. Looking at others, all that, let me, I, I just want to let you know, if you see it on Facebook, if you see it on Google, if you see it on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, TikTok, it's not true. It's not real. Actually, I'll go for, as far to say it is false advertising. I remember when I was a kid, it was the blue-haired ladies that were picking up the, the Inquirer off the magazine rack. Now it's every generation. Because it's glossy and it's on a little screen. But let me tell you, all that is not the vision that brings passion for your life. It'll bring frustration and depression. It'll cause you to have mental health issues. We need to know, be passionate about what God's called us to do. And when we know that, then we can do it with all our might. Then we could live with expectancy and joy. Our calling... I want you to hear this. Our calling was never to be a burden in our lives. Bible says his yoke is easy. His yoke is light. His yoke on your life is custom made for you. You cannot use another bull's yoke. Tell your neighbor, hey bull, I can't walk on your yoke. Come on, no bad words now. He provides, the Bible says, rest for our souls, no matter what's happening in us around us. It's an, it's an inside-out thing. And I believe today God's calling us to shed off apathy. He's calling us to shed off our lack of purpose. And we need to learn, live, learn to live again amazed by the plans God has for us, the hope and the future he has for each one of us. But that's what vision brings. It brings clarity, it brings passion, and vision brings purity. Vision keeps us focused on what God's called us to do. We cannot let our walk in the Lord be all negative. Oh, I can't do that. I can't smoke pot. I can't drink. I can't have sex outside of marriage. I can't look at this. You know how many Christians live that way? Let me tell you, that's the worst way to live. And I just want to be honest. I'm the kind of guy, if somebody tells me I can't do something, well, I'm going to do it to see what happens. <laughs> I was that kid. You know, my mom, my dad, so you better not do that or else. I wanted to know or else. <laughs> Come on, how many or elsers are there here? I love it. My teachers say, you better not do this or else. The police would tell me, you better not do this or else. The school district would tell me. And I always found out what or else was. But that's not how God wants us to live our lives. He, he wants us to have a vision for purity. We will never live pure lives if we live a life that is about not doing something. Instead, we need to realize that our lives are about something. They're, we're called to do something amazing. Instead, we need to focus on what God has called us to do. We need to not live lives, oh, I don't want to mess up. All these pastors are blowing it, and oh my goodness, they're unfaithful. No, you know why, I'm not, why that's not a challenge for me, why I don't live with burnout, is because I'm excited about what God's doing in my life. I'm excited about what God's doing in your life, and I'm pressing towards the mark of a higher calling, and I know my, my life with God is better than my life alone. How many of you believe that? I mean, how many can say, my life is better with Jesus Christ? That's the story, and it makes us live a pure life. 
Because without vision, it's easy to get distracted. And we need God's vision for our lives. Then, only then will serving him become a joy. Happy is he who keeps the instruction God gives them, who love his word, who love his precepts. Amen? That's the calling. We, we are to press. And vision not only brings purity and passion and clarity, vision brings unity. God's created us to be in relationship. Tell your neighbor, I need you. Tell somebody you don't know so well, I'm better with you in my life. See, we, we focus on the differences. And let me tell you, each one of us see the same thing today, but we see it differently. Every single, every, it's amazing to me. I'll, I'll share today and all of you will tell me a different thing of what you heard. But God made us that way. Fingers and feet and toes and big toes. How many of you got a cute big toe? I don't. I hide my big toe. But he's made us to be parts of the body. You know what happens in your body when one part wants to be another part? It's called an autoimmune disease. And the whole body gets infected. And the whole body begins to decay. You be, tell your neighbor again, you be you, boo. Without, their, without vision, there is no restraint. We're at odds with one another. Amos asks us, can people walk together if they aren't in agreement? What's the answer? No. We need vision to walk in unity. God put us together. I want you to hear this. God put us all together. I want you to look at you, and I want you to look at me. This is God's sense of humor. God puts a, put us all together at the same moment of time with all the craziness going on for such a time as this. God's brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. God's anointed you for such a time as this. All of us, look around, look at the sense of humor of God. I'm called to walk this out with Dean I met. I met Kenny. Who's some, I met Ron over here. I met you. He's called from Texacana. What kind of place is that? Now I got to love that place. I'm California through and through. He's, he's put us there. He gives us teams to work with in our church. He has a plan for us to get together. You want to know how you get to become not a multi-generational church, but an intergenerational church? That happens when you begin to serve together. That's how it happened for Pastor Melinda and I. We just started serving. And next thing you know, we had people in our lives that we would have never had before. And all of a sudden, they start speaking into our lives. And I ask them, speak into my life. I want to learn about this. And I want to learn about that. And it changed the trajectory of my life. We're meant to encourage one another, support one another, love one another, pray for each other. Because in contrast to unity is division. What's division mean? Two visions. We will never disagree we will never disagree if we do not see eye to eye. Can two people walk together unless they are in agreement? No. Because your heads are pointing the wrong direction. And we all have to have our eyes on Jesus. We all need to point looking the same way. The body of Christ now gets to, needs to get into kingdom of God theology. Not 
Republican theology, not Democrat theology, not what he says theology, not what they say theology. Our orientation is to Jesus. It's not to heterosexuality. It's not to homosexuality. Just, just in case you know, don't know, there's more heterosexual sin going on in the world around us than homosexual sin. And our call is to orient people to Jesus because that's what changes. He changes us. He transforms us. Not my opinion on the thing. Your opinion on the thing is mine. I can't believe it. I got saved at 15 and a half. I'm 49 now. That's 34 years of walking on God. How can I expect somebody who just walks up off the street to have my same opinion of God as I have? If I were to ask you, how long have you really been walking in a serious relationship with the Lord? Some of you would say, it's taken me 10, 15, 20 years. Or I'm just barely getting in. You heard some of the pastors. Some of the pastors up here were down at number two. We'll have to come and pray for some of your campus pastors, brother. <laughs> but God's called us to, to not walk in division. Luke eleven seventeen says, but he is, but he knew their thoughts and said to them, any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a house divided against itself falls. Genesis eleven, when God looked down and saw on the Tower of Babel, what did He say? That's when He created confusion, division. That's when He brought all the languages. Why? Because He said these are of one mind; they'll be able to do anything. When we become the people of God with one mind, we will take nations. We will take not only our city, our family. We won't only step into government. We won't only change our nation. We will take the world. That's our inheritance. The Bible says that in Psalm. What are your inheritance? The nations. People. We are co-heirs with Christ. Jesus' trust fund is your trust fund. We're co-heirs, but we have to do it God's way. And when there's one vision, when we're in the same direction, when we're unified as the body of Christ, nothing is impossible for God. Because when there's one vision, there's provision. When there is no division, provision comes. Isn't it amazing when you sit down with your team, Pastor David, and you all get on one page, all of a sudden, everything you need comes. Everything. They were sharing, Pastor Frank and his wife were sharing about, uh, Pastor Greta, about Shiloh. We used to have a 501c3 that was a non-religious one to run our mercy house. And they wanted to redo the board, and Pastor Chris called me, and this was during the pandemic. And I said, nope, this non-religious thing, we need to let the world, this is Shiloh. This is the church. This is Jesus doing this. I kid you not, the minute we said that, we said, no, we're going to let them know. We called them up. We called our partners, and we said, we want to let you know. This is Shiloh. We've had this night, 501c3. We're not doing that again. This is Shiloh doing that. The next week, right before, or right in the beginning or right before the pandemic, we had gotten a call from Pastor Chris. We were on a missions trip, and they told us we had furry friends in the mercy house, a rat infestation. And I said, shut that thing down. And when they got to it, they had to rip everything apart, thousands of rats, Thousands. And now we just had a shell of a building operating out of pods. Our, house, our church was smelling like a farmer's market. <laughs> Giving out food, it just smelled like one big onion. <laughs> and so I told Pastor Chris, no, this is going to be the church. We will not hide under a basket. Wow. 
we will do this in the name of Jesus. And not only will we do it, we're going to feed more people than ever before during COVID. The next week, Alameda County Food Bank called us and said, we want to give you $300,000. Pastor Chris called me and I said, what do they want us to do? I'm not signing nothing. You don't need to fill out a paper. You don't need to sign anything. They're just going to give you the money. They want you to rebuild that building. They gave us all the money to rebuild the building. They give us an eight fifteen thousand dollar freezer, four cliffs. They give us food. We are now the model of what a food pantry should be. And I'll tell you, we're not doing that good of a job. There's more to do. We've given out during this pandemic, we used to give four to 500,000 pounds of food a year out. We've given 1.5 to 1.8 million pounds of food. This year we'll give more. And you know for how much? Zero. All of it given to us. All of it. All, like we, we have to tell them stop. They called us, you want 77,000? You want a new van? Do you want the? They're like con constantly, constantly. Because, you, because we made... The vision clear. We said, this is Jesus. This is a church. Then provision came. Because vision always produces victory. Blessing comes with vision. Proverbs 29, 18 in the message. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But they, when they attend to what he reveals, what does it say there? They are most blessed. Tell your neighbor, God wants you most blessed. But that only happens when we get on the same page with God. When we have God's vision, there'll be favor, there'll be success. Somebody was talking up here. I just, um, there was a, some pastors sitting here, two, two sitting right here. That's what I kept hearing, success and favor. Even, even as your campus pastors were talking on the same page, success and favor will come. Get out of the same old, same old mentality. Success and favor is coming. Blessing is coming. Because he's called us to lead with passion. But we got to go all in. Tell your neighbor, are you ready to go all in? We need to be the model of what it is to worship. We need to be the model of what it is to go all in. We need to be the first ones at prayer. We need to be the first one just knocking on heaven's door. Move Holy Spirit. We need to be the first ones with our face to the ground. We need to be the first ones to humble ourselves, repent, turn from our wicked land way so that God can heal our land. Tell your neighbor, are you ready to be first? We cannot be hesitant. But are you ready to go all in? Are you ready to go all in? Like all the way in, Ezekiel. We all know this story, this amazing prophet, and I believe this prophetic vision he had is for the New Testament church. It's for the now church. It's for you. And we all know verse 47, it says in verse 3, in chapter 47, verse 3, it says, as the man went westward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubics and then led them through water that was ankle deep. And I believe a lot of churches have been happy with this kind of message. Ankle deep, salvation. Ankle deep, your fire insurance is saved. You're not going to, you're not, you're, 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 you're not going to hell. But we're not all the way in. Some of us have been happy with people that are just saved. Some of us have been satisfied with butts in the seats. 
But God's not called us to preach this kind of message. It's a life transforming. It's a transformational message. And, and that's my prayer today, that the message here today is not just more information for you, that this will be a transformational, pivotal moment that will change your world. That he'll knock your socks off. Right? And this is me at a pool. I'll just be honest. Have you, I've never seen a kid jump out of a pool or a hot tub to go to the, to go to the bathroom. I've seen them on the corner, you know, kind of making a funny face there. So my, my family gives me a hard time. They're like, why don't you go into the pool? You know why I don't go into the pool. I've walked through that warm spot when you've been in the pool. It, the, the dilution factor is not big enough for me. I do ocean. I will swim in the ocean, but I will not swim in the pools or in hot tubs. Because I've never seen any of you getting out of the pool to go to the bathroom. Our kids were part of a YM boys club, and the, the, the seniors had an exercise class before their class. And I thought, oh my goodness, that was like the first bath of the week. That was their bathroom. I do not get in that water but I'll get in the ocean. But that's a lot of believers. And some of us are satisfied with people that just gotten saved. But look what it goes on to say. Then he measured another thousand cubics and led them through the water that was knee deep. Right? People taking Bible classes, getting into some small groups. We call them life groups at Shiloh, serving on the volunteer team. Maybe instead of becoming an occasional member or a tender, they're, they're getting rooted into church life. But I want you to know there's more. God has more. It's more. And we get satisfied with people serving. No, it's a transformational work. There's always a next step. There's always. Listen, wherever your ceiling is right now, God wants to make that your floor. Whether that's vision, dreams, expectation, some of us have gotten satisfied with our life right now. I'm here today, I believe, to shake you up. Gateway, I believe it. I don't know if it's your generation, Pastor David, but I, I think 10 church model is too small. You're thinking too small. 10 churches is nothing to compare to what God... Look at this room. God changed the world with 12, with 120 in the upper room. We've got more than that here. Watch, Gateway, what God's going to do. Watch. Watch, watch the transformation. I believe, Pastor David, you're going to see a generation that's going to be tugging on you. Come on, come on, Pastor David, let's do more. Come on, let's go more. Amen. And you know what we do with people like that? Get to it then. Get to it then. Because God's giving you the vision and the passion for it. Our job is to equip the saint for the work of the ministry. God gave me a big foot to say, get to it then. He gave you a grappling push, uh, pastor to say, do it or I'll give you a headlock. <laughs> or I'll sleep you today. And not even by laying on the hands. That's a different kind of laying. I like that kind of laying on the hands. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, there's more. there's more. Verse 4 continues, he measured off another thousand and led them through the water that was up to the waist. You know, my concern is this is where a lot of leaders are right now. During COVID, we've seen the church. We've seen what they're doing. They're at this place. You feel the current. Have you ever been at that? You're, you're up to right here, waist deep. 
and you feel the current and you plant yourself, you feel that it wants to move you, take you somewhere else, but you brace yourself and you don't go. I believe this is the most dangerous place for us to be as God's people. I love being into deeper things of God, but I still want control. I love being right here. Ooh, I feel, I feel, did you feel it on Sunday? Ooh, I feel it. You're just coming to church and take, getting a hit. Talking about legalizing marijuana, you're legalizing apathy and complacency. And you're just standing there saying, oh, 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 yeah. Did you feel it in the life group? Did you meet it? Oh, today in the meetups, today during that conference. Oh, oh, this conference, this inspired. I'm inspired. I felt it. But then nothing changes. God's telling you, I know right now the Holy Spirit is challenging you. He won't make you, he, your part is to write the vision. Your part is to step in. Your part is to break the mold. And I just want to say this. I've noticed this. I'm 49. As I've gotten older, it gets harder. You get into comfort cruise control mode. Oh, everything's going well. But hey, God will shake things up. God will transform. And be careful with that. Where you're there, oh, I love it. Can you feel the spirit today? But you're holding back. You're not going all the in. You're, you're rejecting the center of God's will. Because you don't want to relinquish control. Come on, let's be honest. How many control freaks in the room? Pastor David, turn around. I want you to take notes. <laughs> right? These, all of us. If you're a leader, influencer, if you're a forerunner, you love being in control. It's interesting to me, and you know, I was watching the worship team and going all in and you, you read the Bible, over 150 chapters on how we should worship God. And none of it's like this. And none of it's like this. It's talking about all in, ripping clothes. I don't care what you're doing. I'm singing. It doesn't matter if I have a bad voice or not. I'm told all the time by the people standing me around me, brother, you can't sing. I don't care. That's what the clouds are for. They filter out my voice and it becomes a sweet, sweet sound to the Lord's ear. And I don't care. You will not keep me from worshiping God. You will not keep me from going all in. You won't keep me from dancing. You won't keep me from anything. I will go all in. Will you? Or, or isn't it interesting when it's time to worship, that's when you start looking at your messages. That's when you start scanning Facebook. And here we have the one, but yet you will yell and scream for a piece of leather pig flying in the air, watching a bunch of fat men who can't move more than one yard and then tumble all over each other because they didn't have a father to give them affection. So they use that moment to hug one another. And they don't even know your name. Oh, my goodness. You, they won't even know your name. And here the one who knows all the hairs on your head. I know your hairs on your head, brother. He knows all the hairs on your head. He knows you by name. He formed you before you ever thought. You can't go all in for him. Let's take one second right now. Can you just give it up for Jesus? Come on. Then he measured another thousand, but now it was the river. 
It was a river I could not cross. He was in the middle. He was in the current that God made for him. And God now was taking him where he wanted him to go because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. God's vision, the influence he has placed, listen to me, God's vision and the influence he's placed in you is beyond you. It's beyond what you can do. It's beyond your ability. It's beyond your education. It's beyond your PhD. It's beyond your math skills. It's beyond your writing skills. It is beyond you. What God wants to do through you is beyond you. You can't do it in your own natural ability. And I believe God's brought you to this moment. I believe everything that's happened on the earth up to this point, these last two and a half years, is to bring us to the end of ourselves. And say, God, we need you. We need you to move. We need you. Because you can't do it. You be you, boo, but you can't do it. You need you to be you, and you need God to be God. Tell your neighbor, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. You need to go on the journey God has for you. Do not stay where you are because there is more. Then I'll jump down to Ezekiel 47, 9. Then swarms of living creatures will live there wherever the river flows. There will be a large number of fish. I heard you talking today, Pastor David, about people coming to Jesus and the blessed strategy and, and the pray for people strategy and the, and the gauge strategy. That is great because it's all people focused. Look what it says here. There is a large number of fish. Tell your neighbor, there's a large number of fish. There will be multiplication in your churches, in your lives, because this water flows there, and it makes, listen, the salt fresh, that water, that river that flows from you. It flows from you. You are the earthen vessels. You are the carriers of the very glory of God. You are the God, carrying the very presence of God that can make nothing and turn it into something that takes the impossible and makes it possible. And it flows from you. And it's that place where you begin to see large number of fishes. Because this water flows there and it makes salt water fresh. You want to see changes in our community? It's not going to be laws. It will not be legislation. It will be the people of God. It will be Jesus inside of you. It will be that same resurrection power. They're asking for it. John 12, 21. When the Greeks came and they said, we want to see Jesus. I'm, hear me. You're going to have some people coming. Yeah, play that. Christian organ music. Like when he did that, the Holy Spirit came. Keep going. Don't stop, brother. Isn't that been easy? Move me, move me, Lord. But here we are. It's you. John 12, 21. The Greeks came. Told Philip, we want to see Jesus. I'm saying that I believe, I believe God's speaking this to your church right. There's going to be Greeks. There's going to be some people coming into this place that you never thought would step into this building. And they're going to say, not to be mean to God's kids. You're spoiled. You're trust fund babies. You act a little weird once in a while. I'm with you, brother. You're off. 
but I want to see Jesus. And the Bible says Philip went, man, we leave it there. But the Bible says Philip went to Jesus. And he said, told them. And you know what he said? Now is the time. Tell your neighbor, now is the time. Now is the time for the glory of God to be revealed. I want to say that again. Now is the time. Now is the time. Now is the time. Now is the time for the glory of God to be revealed. Right where you're at, stand up. Oh my goodness, two minutes and 13 seconds. Praise Jesus. I'm not going to tell you I have another three pages of notes. but Come on, say it. Now is the time. And in this turbulent, confused world, I just want to say this. I, I believe it. It's not business as usual Christianity. We need to navigate the world. The challenges of mental health, addiction, gender confusion, relational dysfunction. We are called to step into that mess and let the glory of God be revealed and bring transformation and bring healing and bring hope because you're called for more. God's not calling you to move to a Christian bubble, cult somewhere in Texas or Tennessee or messing with my Texas man over man. God's called us to be in the world, but not of it. And I believe God's calling us to a new level of influence, a new level of faith, a new level of living, a new level of, of expectation. Because God's way, and, and I just appreciate what Pastor David shared and what the team's been sharing because I believe God's speaking this to the church. God's way, Jesus' way of discipleship was intentional and relational. I just want to say this is not discipleship. You know, I believe there's a word here. I believe God's kicking some of you guys. The Holy Spirit right now is kicking some of you guys in the butt. I believe he's telling you to move. I believe he's telling you to go all in. I believe he's saying there's more. God's got more for you. I believe that. But discipleship happens custom-made, intentional, one-on-one, -on -one, specific to that person specific to that mental health issue, specific to that relationship issue, specific to that sickness, that issue that's going on. God's calling you to make disciples, and not just disciples, I'm talking about resilient disciples that bring change to the world around us. Every eye closed, every head bowed, I want to pray for you. Lord, I thank you for these moments. Lord, I just believe it's a key moment for the church, for Gateway Church. Lord, I just, I just feel a pivot, a shift. I just believe even some of the teams, I believe I see scales moving off. I believe some in here are like Saul. They, they've, heard, they've heard your voice. They've seen the light. But they've not take that, taken that step towards Ananias. And there's been scales there. And you're saying now is the time. And, and I want you to hear this. Because the moment of change, of even Saul's name changing, to Paul was when he took the step and went to Ananias. And the Bible says that's when the scales fell off. And I believe there's some people here, God saying, you take that step and you watch what's going to fall off of you. What's going to fall off of your family? 
how you're going to see the prodigals come home. I just hear the Lord saying that there's some loved ones that aren't serving Jesus, some kids specifically. They've gone wayward. They've heard the word. And you've put a halt on what God's calling you to do. And God's saying, no, no. You need to go all in. You won't save them. I will. And I just hear this is going to be a season of prodigals coming in. There's going to be a season of harvest coming in. There's going to be a season of pink air, gauges, tattoos, piercings, all kinds of purple. You will be like the New Testament church. Your front row will be wizards, eunuchs, and it will be murderers. That will be your front rows. But watch the Lord says, as you begin, lives begin to change. They will become billboards of, look what God can do. Look what God can do. Look what God can do. So I pray big vision. I pray moving. Come on, shake your neighbor right now and tell him, are you ready to move? Mighty name of Jesus. The Lord bless you. We love you. Thank you for listening to the Gateway Leadership Podcast with David Canestracy, inspiring you to lead in every area of life. We'll be releasing a new episode every month, so be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Gateway City Church is one church that meets in multiple cities. To find us or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next month.